This is Retails, Conversations with Profit Protection, the podcast that talks direct with retailers about all things loss prevention, with your host, Nicole Smith. Did you know that the Profit Protection Future Forum is the only not-for-profit industry body promoting the interests of retail loss prevention professionals in Australia and New Zealand? Hi there and welcome to the show. Today I'm joined by Richard Leonard, Safety, Security and Resilience Director at Lotus Stores in Malaysia. Welcome to the podcast, Richard, and thanks for joining me today. Good morning. So Richard, you joined Tesco in 1994, I think it was, and commenced your career in store operations before joining the inevitable loss prevention team in 1996, where you've you've been since all, all that time. And you've worked all over Asia, um, been the Asia loss prevention manager and security director, sorry, uh, responsible for China, Korea, Malaysia, Japan, Thailand, and India. Plus, you've also had a bit of a stint working in the Middle East. So, Richard, you're pretty well versed with the Asian market and what's been happening from a loss prevention aspect. And we thought this would be a really good opportunity to catch up and see what comparisons there are to the Australia and New Zealand uh, loss prevention industry. Um, Earlier this year, I think it was an announcement was made that Tesco stores in Malaysia were rebranding to Lotus stores. So can you tell us a little bit about Lotus stores and how they operate? Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me on the podcast this morning. So, yes, Lotus um, sort of took over from Tesco's uh, earlier this year, Um, an incredibly uh, fun, you know, great opportunity for us to keep expanding within in Malaysia and hopefully other countries to come. Um, a little bit of an overview of the latest business. We have 62 stores uh, in in total, um, splitting that across Malaysia. Not not none of them are in East Malaysia. I might add at the moment. So we have 20 in southern region, 22 in the northern region, uh, 20 in the central region, and there's plenty more to come. Obviously. Um, having just joined the Lotus Group. Um, and then we have one ambient DC and one fresh DC. Um, and uh, obviously our head office, which is which is located in the central region. Um, the formats are still very similar to the Tesco formats that they were. So we have um, Hypers, which we are sort of downsizing. Um, uh, we've got 3K formats, which is a fairly new format to us. Um, and uh, we're just looking at 2K formats. Okay. And how many staff do you employ at Lotus? Uh, we have approximately 8,000 colleagues across the business. Okay. And how many in your loss prevention team there? I have a total of 30 colleagues um, who we basically look after any aspect of safety, uh, any aspect of security. Um, I also have the uh, pleasure of looking after inventories or stock controls. Um, And uh, then we have the uh, sort of, well, it was dull, I guess, uh, but the resilience part, which is sort of the posh name for crisis and business continuity, which which has certainly been put to the test in the last 17 months. So speaking um, speaking of, what is the current environment in Malaysia uh, with um, regards to retail? Yeah, well, <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a 17 months we've had, isn't it? I mean, um, COVID, this thing that is called COVID uh, originally sort of started out as COVID-19 and back in March 2020, it was really a blank 
a blank canvas. I mean, nobody really knew anything about it. There was no rule books. I mean, as you pointed out, I've been in Asia for some time now and sort of lived through bird flu and SARS and various other things where, you know, there was a sort of a textbook from previous experiences uh, to follow. But but COVID certainly has has sort of caught us by surprise. Um, uh, and in Malaysia, you know, we're still very much... Uh, in the midst, in the middle of it all, to be honest, um, I mean, in March 2020, retailers sort of had to really look at how they operated. Mm-hmm. Um, some some are still closed. So currently in Malaysia at the moment, um, the only businesses that can operate are what they call essential businesses, which is really food. Um, and uh, so, you know, we've seen a lot of businesses close for long periods of times. Um, and... Uh, even as an essential provider, you know, we've only been, we've, we've had stringent controls to operate under. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got different, you know, it's difficult because we've got different regulations. So the government set a standard SOP, but then the states and the districts will have their interpretation on it. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been really, really, really challenging. Um, and I think, you know, when you look back in 2020, March, when, um, you know, the nation had this announcement that you've all got to go home and stay at home and schools and businesses were closed and everyone was confined to their houses and there was only one person allowed to go to shop for essentials and they could only travel 10 kilometres uh, a distance from the house. Um, you know, and, and roadblocks are still in, still in in situ very much at the moment. There's no interstate or state travel. Um, slightly different, different, I think, to other countries where, um, you know, the, the roadblocks and the enforcement has been done um, by joint task forces. Um, so, you know, there's a heavy presence of the army. Um, so it's quite intimidating, to be honest, back in March when you sort of, you know, drove, drove into a roadblock and you saw a, an army personnel with a gun and, you know, it's like, what, what's this? So, um, yeah, so it's been it's been... It was really eerie as well. I mean, yeah, everywhere suddenly, suddenly fell silent. I mean, you know, you could hear a pin drop, um, and then you got the challenges of business strategies. You know, what do you do? Where do you go? How do you operate? Um, you so, got the challenge from work from home. <clears throat> so, Richard, given that you had gone through um, SARS and and bird flu, were you? A little bit prepared. Where was were companies, not just Lotus, obviously, yeah. were companies a little bit prepared for something like this? Um, my, my observations are no. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think businesses were prepared. Um, we thankfully were in a, were in a, in a very good position. I mean, Tesco's uh, as Lotus are now are very sort of. Um, on the front foot when it comes to this sort of planning. So, um, you know, we did have plans. I think back in January of 2020, I sort of started talking to the business. Uh, we, we had an influenza uh, infection in, in Malaysia at the time COVID broke out. So there was a little bit of confusion between is this COVID, is this influenza? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think I think that's been the exciting part of COVID really is that um, – if you hadn't got plans, it was like, what do you do? And you've got to move very quickly. Uh, you know, how do you get colleagues to work from home? 
Um, how do you sustain your business <clears throat> with, with constant changes? Um, and if you did have plans, it was an excellent opportunity to test them, um, as we did. Um, and, uh, yeah, there was a bit of a respite, I think, about six months into it, where, um, you know, situations got relaxed a little bit. Um, and that was an excellent opportunity for us in particular to to review how we've done so far and try and map out any any errors or, or improvements that we could make. So what do you do with a loss prevention team? You're in a central business. Everyone's got to yeah. work from home. Obviously, <clears throat> you've got permits for your team to be out in stores. What's what what's theft been like in stores over the last what are we now eighteen months? Let's say um, here we've had uh, occupancy caps. We have had single entry ac- entry and exit access. Um, I'm guessing the similar type things have been happening happening up uh, up in Malaysia and other parts of Asia. But how do you? What do you do with your loss prevention team? Because we've seen theft go down, obviously, because it's, you know, you're only allowed to have 10 people in your store as opposed to having, you know, as many as you want normally. So it's, you can start to control things like that. And when you've only got one exit point and you can put someone there and someone's there checking temperatures, you know, it's, it's that whole, you've got presence there. So therefore a lot of the opportunist thieves don't take the risk and uh, organised retail crime, we saw drop dramatically. What's happened up there? Yeah, good, good. That's a very good question, Nicola. I mean, yeah, um, what do you do with a team that's used to being mobile and then suddenly confined um, <clears throat> to the house? I mean, you know, that, that is one of the challenges, one of many challenges that we, I think we've all faced is, um, you know, how, how do teams operate? Um you know, you've got this very strict government instruction where it says you cannot go out and then you've got your boss saying, but it's business as usual. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think you know, I'm, I'm blessed with an excellent team uh, and I always thought I had a great team, um, but the team that I have um, are exemplary. Uh, I mean, they've really, really shone through in the last 17 months um, and, I, and I couldn't be prouder. I think in relation to theft incidents or security incidents, you know, you're absolutely right in terms of what you're saying with with all the controls. And I'm, and I'm absolutely certain that um, we've all had similar controls. You know, I mean, we've had multiple exits and entrance closed. So we've only got one in, one out to the whole building. Um, we've had to count customers in. Uh, we've had to operate with a total number of people in the store so that's colleagues and and customers together Uh um you know customers have had to either scan on the uh, covid app as they've entered the business they've had to have the temperature check they've had to sanitize um so yeah i mean in a security world you've gone to a perfect lockdown um you know because if if you're a you know if you remember from the old days if you're if you're coming to do and ethical things in a store there's a number of things that you're going to ask yourself and one of them is can i be seen well yep you certainly can be seen at the moment um you know will, will i be seen selecting goods um well yeah that's a definite one as well because there aren't the volumes of people uh to to protect you um and can i get out of the building well 
not unless you're Spider-Man. Um, so, so yeah, we we have seen a, a decrease in in organised crime because, again, you know, as we all know, organised crime. Um, it's not only about those three things I've talked about. It's also about, you know, once they're in their car, can they can they get out onto the open highways, uh, et cetera, and get away? And obviously, as I mentioned earlier, you know, they're not going to get very far before they run into a roadblock. Um, and actually, the roadblocks have had a significant impact in um, various criminal activities being detected. Um, so, yeah, I think it's fair to say we have seen a, a decrease in um, organised crime. Um, you know, again, when it was relaxed, um, we, we had a short spate of people trying it. But we've we've never been relaxed. We've always had those controls in place. Um, so a definite decrease in, in organised crime, although we are seeing, I think, I think other retailers would be in agreement with me. Um, we are seeing uh, petty crime. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, people are losing their businesses. People have been on um, a reduction of income. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have got no income. Um, so we are seeing, um, it's an interesting one. Are we seeing it or has it always been there? It is the question I, I challenge, but we are seeing petty crime. Um, of non-luxury goods, uh, because obviously part of the restrictions that we're operating in or have been operating in is luxury goods like white white goods, um, stationery, um, you know, even cooking utensils, uh, clothing. They've not been available to sell because mm-hmm. they're not classed as essential items. So um, we have seen, I, I, I wouldn't say an increase in, in uh petty crime. I would say that we're probably seeing the petty crime that's been there, but it's been camouflaged by the syndicates. Um, and that's quite an interesting uh, approach um, because I think people are more prone and more excited about syndicate activity um, than they are about the, the the everyday shopper that comes and steals a little bit every day. Um, but they're the ones that hurt you a lot because they're doing they it every, are, every day. They're always, when I was a, a mere old store detective back in the early days, they were the ones that I enjoyed catching because um, everybody didn't believe me. Uh, you know, nobody believed me. How can how can that old couple be stealing? They, they, we know them. They've been shopping for us for years. Um, so I, I think it's quite interesting where we are at the moment because I think what it's doing is uncovering the, the, the things that have been there but we've not really been focused on. Um, I think it's also, you know, as I said earlier, we've a lot of businesses have had to change the way that we operate, um, which is exciting. So we've, you know, there's the um, online platform. So, you know, cashless, cashless um, transactions, scanners, you shop, uh, which is fairly new to Lotus. Um, Did you have an online platform pre-COVID? Yeah, so we 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 did have uh, grocery home shopping, um, uh-huh. which is tremendously successful, and you know hit the hit the roof when uh, when everyone was confined. And again, that was, you know, these are for me. You know, when you can take a breath from COVID and look back, these are the exciting times and the the inspirational times around how the team just knuckled down and went, okay, how do we extend, How do we get more delivery? 
slots? How do we, you know, how do we develop a more comprehensive range? What can we add to um, our, our current grocery home shopping? Um, and then, and then we sort of looked at innovative ways of what else we could do. So there was a, a click and collect where customers could sort of uh, message into certain stores. In fact, most of the stores and what they would want, and then colleagues would pick it, and then the customer would come up and collect and. Um, we've even got drive-through, believe it or not. So a, a sort of a, a grocery, a grocery version of Starbucks, I guess, where um, you know you can you can send your order in and then just drive into the car park and pick it up and away you go. Um, you know, scanners your shop. Um, that, that's uh, a new one, but is proving popular um, for genuine customers and maybe not so genuine customers. <laughs> Um, and then you've got uh, self-scan checkouts, which are, you know, are across the world in many retailers. So with all those new initiatives, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty more, you know, online payments, um, there's, there's going to be, you know, there are challenges. Uh, and I think we're, what we have seen with, with COVID um, is that with all those new challenges, there's lots of opportunities for us to improve in, in terms of, you know, loss prevention and, and security measures. Was this, were you able to um, deploy some of your team to maybe areas that they hadn't worked in before, like online, or um, is is this been a time when you've able, or the guys have been able to train and get more knowledge in online and other areas of security for you? So I think, I think it's been a combination of everything. I mean, um, you know, when you're in retail, it doesn't really matter what what division you're in or what department you're in. You know, when you when you're in these sort of circumstances, you all muck in and 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 and, uh, and help out. So yeah, my team of my team have been really active. Uh, you know, my stock my stock take or inventory team, obviously, um, that we've not been able to do any inventories this year uh, because of the travel restrictions. So um, you know, they've. They've certainly gone out to stores and helped on uh, grocery home shopping and various other various other things. You know, as people have um, been ill, uh, my team have obviously substituted in other areas of uh, of my team. Um, I think we've got a fairly cross-functional working team. Um, you know, so some of them have sort of gone into the safety team just to help gather data. Uh-huh. So I think it's been, you know, again, it, it's really easy to sit there and be very doomy and gloomy around COVID. But, um, you know, like all these things, they're great learning opportunities for us and great, you know, and we've certainly done that and we're going to continue to do that. Fantastic. So what are your expectations of theft events once your restrictions are lifted? Um, if I had a crystal ball, I'd be a millionaire. Um, <laughs> um, well, look, I, I, what is what is the new norm? I mean, that, that's the big question, who, isn't who it? Who knows, what, yeah. <laughs> what, what is what is the, the, new, the new norm? I mean... Um, because, Richard, even things like um, if you've got CCTV in your store and suddenly you go from being able to see everyone's face when they're walking in to only seeing their eyes because they're covered, the rest of their face is covered with the mask. Like that's, yeah. you know, that's difficult you, for loss please, prevention. Yeah. Can you please describe what the offender looked like? Well, yeah, um, yeah black hair and black eyes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, what, what's going to happen? Look, I, to be honest, I think the rest of this year is going to be very much of the same. Um, I, I, I just don't see um, 
very many of the restrictions being being released um, for the rest of the year. I mean, you know, I was watching the news this morning and saw what was going on in Australia. You've only got to look around what's happening um, around the world. I think we're going to be in and out of various restrictions um, for the rest of the year, sadly. Um, past that, you know, I think, um, as I said, there's, I think COVID would have brought out some really new, innovative ideas. Uh, I think it's really brought forward uh, how uh, people shop. Um, and I think it will be interesting to see what does happen in whatever the new norm does look like in terms of people's shopping habits. Um, because, you know, I was, I was one that wasn't very good at online shopping, never really trusted it. You know, I was still sort of a very traditional person that had to go to the bank and pay bills because I physically wanted to see, see it being done. And, and I sort of, you know, I remember the first times, well, how do you pay things online? So I, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting time ahead, you know, because what are, what are people going to do when they suddenly are released into whatever the new norm looks like? Are they going to stay online? Um, are, are, are people going to venture back out again? But I think from a loss prevention perspective, I think it's just going to continue to be a really exciting time because, um, you know, with all the initiative things that are coming out, We'll be on the front foot in terms of you know, how to continue to protect our businesses um, with all the possible risks that, that come from it. Uh, I think there's a big pull on technology. Um, so we, we've certainly done a big uh, sort of remodel over the last two to three years where investment in technology um, is definitely the way to go forward. So you just mentioned CCTV, for example. But, you know, there are a number of security systems now that um, are available to us all, um, which sadly, once you've purchased them, go out of date the next day because, uh, you know, I mean, it's a bit like when you, buy a, well, yeah, when you buy a Samsung TV, you get it home and you sit there and you think, wow, that's brilliant. And then tomorrow morning they launch a new one. Um, but look, you know, I think I think technology for us is definitely the way to go. Um, you know, we've invested heavily on technology, uh, which has enabled us to review what we do in terms of, um, uh, you know, colleague count, head, uh, head count, manpower, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in the safety and security team. Um, I think the use of, of technology changes as well. So we've gone, you know, security CCTV systems now for me are not are not primarily to catch people in the act of stealing. Um, they're very much an audit trail. So they're part of that audit trail for investigations. Um, all of your security systems are there to help you build strong investigations and, and, and audit trails. But for me, they're also there as a compliance tool. And I think when I was fortunate enough to start looking after safety as well as security um, I really sort of took on board how valuable technology was in terms of helping us educate colleagues in terms of compliance so you know for me it's about sitting down for 20 minutes today and looking in your you know your respective area and going that's that's not in place or that's not safe or this isn't good and bringing the colleagues in and sort of this was you yesterday. Do you realize what you were doing? Mm. Um, so I think, you know, for me, technology is definitely the way forward. I mean, you know, you look at the integration of technology now. So um, 
Years yeah. back, you know, CCTV was a camera and it didn't it didn't do anything else. Uh, but now, you know, you've got facial recognition with temperature checks being brought in, uh, which is definitely going to be the way forward, isn't it? You know, yep. um, you've got uh, camera systems that facial recognition, uh, they can do customer heat maps so they can tell the business where your store is being shopped the most at what time which helps obviously others so i think i think technology from a security department has really moved away from just being a security tool to being a business tool um because as i say that the technology is is absolutely fantastic now what you can provide other functions within your business Richard, from a safety point of view, are you using anything, any AI like robots um, that are, you know, finding spills in the aisles and so, uh, you know, they're either cleaning that spill up or they're alerting someone to come and clean that up? Do you use anything like that? No. (laughs) (laughs) Only me. (laughs) No. Um, No, I mean, look. Yeah, robots, wow, you know, you've got robots picking stock, you've got drones delivering stock, um, you've got drones coming into the compliance sectors, the authority sectors. That's exactly what I mean. I mean, it's just such an exciting um, future, isn't it, around how technology is going to make everyone's life simpler, whether it's in safety, security, replenishment, distribution. It's just mind-blowing. I mean, electric cars. You know, when you watch Star Wars and Back to the Future, you know, yeah. you, you sat there as a little boy thinking, no, that'll never happen. And now look. Yeah, now so, we've got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if we go back to basics in loss prevention, tell me in a supermarket environment, what type, of, what are your high theft items? Like here, for instance, it's it's uh, it's still razor blades, health and beauty. Uh, we see vitamins, we see meat as high theft items. Are you seeing the same th- same type of um, products up in Asia? Well, look, you know, I mean, I remember the days where sort of razor blades and razors were sort of like hot items, and you know, I was fortunate to do some fantastic field work with with some companies around what we could do you know there was razors there was batteries there was um but to be honest i'm not seeing razors and razor blades and batteries are definitely not batteries because everything now comes with a cable that you plug into an electric socket so the the need for batteries is dramatically dropped and again you know that's where trends help us isn't it Mm -hmm. um but you, you know look alcohol baby milk coffee uh, Cadbury's chocolates, you know, all of that sort of stuff, that high range. I mean, we've we, we've had uh, episodes of, of of meat, salmon, fish, uh, but not not great. I mean, you've still got the the good old traditional high value products as I've just described. I mean, you've got regional lines uh, such as Milo, which is a sort of a drink uh, here. Um, you know, Nescafe, all, all the big brands that we all we all sort of love to death. Um, and, and make us take Panadol for the headache. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're all there. Um, but, I, you know, I do, I do, yeah, I don't think those lines will ever go away. Um, you know, you, we are obviously, you know, businesses produce new things, so tablets and all those things that we have to react to. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you've got shampoos, conditioners. I mean, they're all still there, but I think um, 
I am seeing a slight dip in them, to be honest. I think, you know, there, there are certain core products and then the rest of it is just, as I said, you know, it's there if people want to steal it. So how are you protecting mm. items then, especially things like chocolates? Because, you know, mm. they're not a, a high dollar value item, some of them. And, yeah. uh, you know, a tin of Milo is not super expensive or anything like that. So what types are you using merchandise protection? What types of merchandise protection are you using or are you seeing being used? Well, I, I like a bit of a challenge. So we've got some of the stores where actually we're saying we're not, gonna, we're not going to protect anything. Um, but what we are doing is, and it's a combination of what everything's, <clears throat> what everything that's going on, within the business so because we're got smaller formats we're very range specific we're very sort of uh targeted on volumes that are on the shelf um so we've got various things happening around where we're not protecting anything but we're still doing some restrictive filling um we've still got the good old uh milk caps hard tags soft tags those sort of things but to be honest we've we've really try to reduce the volume of which we protect um but look at how we can design out crime i mean you know you've just said cadbury's chocolate bars you know we they're in aluminium foil packaging baby milk powder's got aluminium foil packaging you know and, and as we all know those are the banes of our lives as security professionals um you know we're we're always working with suppliers uh, to look at various options that can be used um you know like anti-snatch theft uh, for Cadbury's, so we're looking at some devices that we can put on the shelf, and you can take one product at a time. Um, so, so, yeah, I thought again, you were gonna—I thought you were gonna say a hand comes out and smacks you if you go. <laughs> you try and take more. No, that's not really customer friendly. <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, it, it's a very—it's always been a very difficult balance between having that touchy feely uh, experience when you shop, um, not making genuine customers feel like we don't trust them uh, which is part of our sort of uh, strategy to try and take away all of this intrusive um, stuff and you know you've got the best the best prevention i mean I, i've said this for a number of years now but you've got the best prevention you could possibly have and that's your colleagues um, and i think you know you can never change that and really effective uh, shrink committees, shrink forums, uh, not only within your retail organisation, but with other retail organisations so you can share knowledge. For, for me, that is more powerful than probably anything I've just described uh -huh. um, because every colleague has got two, you know, two ears, two eyes and a mouth. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I think, I think the simplest things are sometimes the best. Absolutely. I think probably the only thing is the fear of what's going to happen if you if they say or do the wrong thing yeah. and, and how that person is going to react. So I know when I'm out in stores and, you know, and I say, you know, just make an approach. If, if you see someone doing something, because I'm with you, I think having your staff there on the floor, you know, they're your eyes and ears. If they see someone doing something that's not quite right, then to go and ask them, if they're having a nice day because people like you said at the very start they don't want to be seen they don't want to be heard that you know they don't want anyone looking at them so there's always that fear in this day and age of how that person is going to react even if you ask them if they're having a good day 
Yeah, I mean, there's, there is there is a fine fine line, isn't there? I think you know, I would never ever encourage a colleague to put themselves in a in a conflict situation. Um, what I would encourage a colleague, and I would encourage store managers, for example, is to be aware of the products that are uh, being stolen. Be aware of the mythology. Um, having people in the right places at the right time, which is where technology can help you, as I said, with heat maps and, and things like that. Um, because presence of a person uh, is a great deterrent. You know, as we Absolutely. said earlier, you know, can I be seen? Am I going to be seen? Am I going to be spoken to? This is all the mind talk that people go through. Yeah. Um, so just having a colleague in the aisle is, is a deterrent. Um, if, if you've got colleagues that are bold enough to go up and say hello, that for me is the icing on the cake. Yeah, absolutely. Have you noticed or have you had have your staffing levels decreased, increased during the last 18 months? Because I, I know here, like we've seen, uh, particularly in our loss prevention teams, we've seen them decrease significantly over the last 18 months, but also at store level because they've got less people going into stores. Therefore, they don't need as many staff. Um, well, with respect to Lotus, no. I mean, Lotus have been, you know, extremely, extremely positive around uh, colleague care and uh, maintaining uh, the status quo. So, you know, no, we, we haven't seen. Obviously, you've got colleagues that uh, will naturally, you know, your natural attrition. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, there's nothing significant. But obviously, there are other people not as not as fortunate. Um, so there are other retailers, as I said earlier, other businesses that have had to downsize. Uh, and sadly, some of them have even had to close. So, mm. um, yeah, difficult circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Richard, we've reached the final countdown, your last three questions. Firstly, and I think we have spoken a few about some of the, about this before, but what were some of the positives that came out of lockdown 2020, 2021 for you? Oh, actually, you're still in lockdown, aren't you? Yeah, thanks, thanks for reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll be back soon. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, oh, look, I mean, there, there, there are really so many positives i think um for me it's how how resilient businesses have been um and and how resilient and innovative um you know teams have been particularly my team you know i really am very proud of my team and and the colleagues that i've worked along with and supported um i I think the way that it's made people and businesses think out of the box (laughs) and make changes uh quickly yep. where ordinarily it would have taken lots of red tape and many meetings so i think yeah. you know that's a great one 100% agree with you the mm. businesses have been amazing uh, certainly yeah. here if if i look at the hospitality industry the retail industry they have just you know they've been knocked over so many times and i tell you what they just keep bouncing back with new things and they've done an I amazing job i think there's a song about you knock me down and i'll get back up again but, yeah. <laughs> um uh, you know and i think you know what you know there's some uh, you know another benefit is um you know how we've moved towards working from home um and, you know i think you know from i think that's a great opportunity great learning um great benefits um seeing families come together so it, it's it's been a real eye opener to see where you know people haven't been able to travel for work and have stayed at home and have started to do things uh, together 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, lots of stuff. Oh, that's good. And uh, did you acquire a new talent in 2020? Yeah, how, how to stay calm. Um, <laughs> no, look, I mean, I think the important thing about working from home is to try and get a work-home balance, uh, which I think people, you know, to be fair, have struggled with because uh, it's, it's, I, it's I difficult. struggle with it, yeah. Um, so, look, I, you know, I, I've always liked gardening, but I've really got back into gardening and then I've, I've sort of had a, I've had fish tanks when I sort of, here and there so i've taken it up to sort of well, i've built two fish tanks now um which which is great because i think it just um helps you get that work-life balance and gives you something to do yeah absolutely i for the first time in my life um got into indoor plants indoor plants huh? yeah I, I, mine have to be green so that i can't kill them <laughs> And lastly, what do you think will happen with loss prevention up in Asia in 2021 and beyond? This is the crystal ball question. Yeah, well, as I alluded to earlier, look, I think, you know, the rest of the year, we're in August now. I I don't think there's going to be very much difference between now and till the end of December. Uh, Obviously, we'll have the challenges of of, uh, coming out of a lockdown and what what that will mean to us. Um, But, you know, from then on in 2022, you know, as I said earlier, with all the initiative stuff that's come out over the last 17 months, um, I think we've got some great challenges ahead. Um, and let's see what happens. Richard, thank you so much for your time today. Um, it's always interesting to see what goes on in other parts of the world, especially when they're on our doorstep here in Australia or New Zealand. So I really appreciate your time. We've known each other for a long time. I haven't caught up for ages. So it's been lovely talking to you. No, thank you very much. It's been great to have the opportunity. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with Richard, you can find him on LinkedIn or you can email him at richard.leonard35 at gmail.com and we'll put Richard's contact details in the show notes. You can subscribe to this weekly podcast via iTunes, Google Podcasts and Spotify and there's a link to download episodes and show notes on the PPFF website. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the Profit Protection Future Forum. It is written by myself, Nicole Smith, and produced by Nicholas Lowby. We will be back next week to keep talking all things profit protection. Thanks for listening to Retails, conversations with profit protection. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe via iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. If you want to find out more about the Profit Protection Future Forum, head to profitprotection.co or find us on LinkedIn. Drop us a message on info at profitprotection.co with feedback on our show.